0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Let's turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Is where we are. We've been talking about hope, the power of hope. And uh, we're, last week we talked about hope's partner. And the Bible calls hope's partner heart. And uh, we saw last week in our study, and I'm just going to briefly review it because we got ground to cover here today. Um, we, we saw that hope has a partner and it's called heart. And uh, we notice there in chapter 4, verse 1 of 2 Corinthians, therefore, since we have received this ministry, we'll talk about that in a minute, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Now skip down to verse 16. Therefore, you've got to go back and see what it's there for, we do not lose heart. And if you see, see verse 8, Paul says, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't get it, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And what did he say? We do not lose heart. So you may think you've got it bad. Turn to the right just a minute into chapter 11. Chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians. You may think things are so bad you don't know if you can get through it. Uh, Here's Paul's experience. He's the one who says we don't lose heart. Uh, Beginning in verse 23, Paul says, Are they those who are pretentious and are ministering for their own uh, self and benefit. Are they ministers of Christ? He said, I speak as a fool. I am far more. in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. I've had so many beatings he can't count them. In prisons, not one, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, I've been at the point of death over and over. From the Jews, that is the religious leaders who were against the preaching of the cross, From the Jews, five times, think about this, five times I received 40 minus one stripes. I received 39 stripes, that's with a cat of nine tails with metallic and glass um, figures at the end of the leather straps. 39 times he was beaten like that, five times, 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a whole night and a day in the, in the water, in the sea. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, Perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings, in cold and nakedness, beside all the other things, what comes upon me, the daily pressure of concern for all the churches. Now, uh, do you see it's a pretty amazing thing for him to say, therefore I do not lose heart. That's a big deal. So back to our passage there. Heart we defined last week as something that comes out of your spirit but but involves itself in your soul, in your mind, in your will, your volition, in your emotions. Hope is already in your spirit if you're a believer. And you know what? There is hope on the inside of you 24-7. 24-7. Now, you may not be connecting with it, but it's there because the Holy Spirit is there. He didn't leave the hope of, of God out. But we need that hope to, to partner with our soul, and that is to give us a resolve, an energy to continue, a courage to face the obstacles and, the whole, and, and go on to the wholeness of life. Sometimes situations have been with us for so very long and they don't ever seem to get better. And they will rob us of heart. We'll lose heart. Sometimes it's just that duration. We've been standing and praying and believing for something for so long, it's easy to lose heart after a while. Sometimes other people will rob it from us and say, you know, you just ought to give that up. It's never going to happen. There are a lot of thieves of heart, the resolve to continue. But we have the hope of God on the inside of us and we have, ac- we have access to heart, resolve to keep going and to continue. Now last week we saw how you don't lose heart. You don't lose heart if you don't lose focus. and We talked about how in chapter 3 uh, verse uh, 8 the focus is on the ministry of the Spirit. Uh, we saw in verse 18 that the Holy Spirit is doing something on the inside of you if you're a believer. He's transforming you into the image and likeness of Jesus. Now, let me just uh, share something with you. We're primarily a, a teaching in, our, in the Word of God. Did you know that uh, if, you don't, uh, if you don't cooperate with the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, then God will go into another arena called conforming you to the image of Jesus. You're transformed from the inside out, but sometimes you have the opportunity to be conformed from the outside in because circumstances and situations can get so difficult and so painful that if you're like me, you'll cry uncle and start praying and seeking the Lord instead of believing you figure everything out. It's better to be transformed than it is to be conformed. Does everybody understand what I'm saying here? But God, Pastor, why would God do something like that? Why would He even allow you to sow, to, re, to reap enough of what we've sown that we have to, have to be conformed? Because He loves us so much, He doesn't want us to self destruct. And sometimes in my life, I hadn't been listening enough to be transformed and to cooperate with the transformation. I had to be conformed to get To where I would partner with the transform. Does that make sense to you? Uh, So, uh, the beauty of this is that the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image and likeness of Jesus from glory to glory. What does that mean? From uh, uh, From one likeness to a deeper likeness. That is, from one level of likeness to another level, and the Holy Spirit's job is not to make us comfortable. It's not to make us rich or well. The Holy Spirit's job is to transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, there are covenant benefits, but you've got to understand that ownership always trumps benefits. Whether we live, we live to the Lord. Whether we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So <clears throat> the work of the Spirit of God in you right now, you may, not, you may not realize it, and most of us don't, but you are being transformed in the image and likeness of Jesus from one manifestation of his character to another. We found out that um, when we focus on that transformation, then we gain heart. And uh, chapter 4, verse 1, we just read it. When we focus on the mercy of God, do you know the older I get, the more I realize how dependent I am on God's mercy? Aren't you? Mercy. Thank you. And you know what? We are going to be a church of mercy. You can find judgment everywhere you want to, but we don't have that here. We're into the mercy of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Okay, verse 7. <clears throat> Uh, I'm sorry, go back to verse 6. We focus on what God is doing through shining in the darkness of our own inner man to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I said this last week. The more you cooperate with the Lord, the more you begin to get a more clear image on the inside of your inner man of the face of Jesus Christ. How precious is that? Wouldn't that make sense if you go back to verse 18, chapter 3, that the Holy Spirit's transforming you into the image and likeness of who? Jesus. Well, wouldn't it make sense that as you begin to mature in the Lord in your inner man, when you go to prayer, you ought to have a beginning to shape a more clear image and vision of the face of Jesus. Now remember this, that the only true master artist at creating the image and likeness of Jesus in you is not a man with a paintbrush, it's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has the only truly accurate image of the face of Jesus Christ. But now notice this in verse seven, We have this treasure, the treasure of the Spirit of God transforming us into the image and likeness of Jesus. We have on the inside of us, whether it's hidden or not, we have light that is trying to shine and give us the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Everybody say, that's my body. And notice why we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power, may be of God and not of us." Mm. Everybody say this with me, Mighty Father, it's about you and not about me. And then he goes on to talk about all the stuff he's experiencing in his body. We just read that earlier. And uh, then he goes on to talk about the power of the cross. And the power of the cross, as we talked last week, we've got to focus on what the cross did for us, in order not to lose hope, and that is at the cross the power of everything that would hold us back from really walking in intimacy with the Lord has been broken off of us. Its power has been broken. We still have, listen, you still have and I still have in us what the Bible calls in Romans 7 indwelling sin. You still have it, and I still have it. Indwelling sin. The apostle said, I desire, oh, i desire the things of the Spirit and to honor God in, in my inner man. And yet, he said, I see something pulling against me. And then he, 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 he called it the flesh in the Bible the flesh. The flesh resides in this body that we all have. This is our earth suit. And you're going to have this earth suit as long as you're on the earth. Um, In this body, there is indwelling sin. The primary place indwelling sin is, is not in your reborn spirit. It's in your physical brain. That's where all the computer system of memories, and that's where there's appetites that get out of line with the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying here? We have appetites that are out of line with the very glory of God in our human body. We have have a, a vast storage of things we've heard or said and even done that are that are wrong and bad and they always seem to come to the surface of our brain right when we're trying to make progress with god amen well it's called indwelling sin why are you telling us that because at the cross of jesus the power not the presence of indwelling sin but the power of indwelling sin was broken off of you legally in jesus christ Hallelujah. I don't have to live under its influence anymore. And that legal work that Jesus did at the cross is bearing witness before the throne of God that you are now in Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is at work to transform you into the image and likeness of him who has made you in his own image and likeness before the Father. When God sees you, he sees you in Christ. He can't see you any other way if you've received the gift of his grace. And no wonder Ephesians 1 says that in God's eyes you are holy and righteous and blameless and loved and accepted and forgiven. You know what our problem is? Why do we lose heart? Because we lose focus on the truth of the way it is in God's eyes and we start seeing it the way that we're told by the devil, by our own flesh, by, our, by other people and uh, we begin to believe something that's not the truth. So we don't lose heart as we focus on the glory of God. Now, I want you to, Now we're at the tail end of where we were last week, verse uh, uh, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, for though our outward man is perishing. I said this at the end last week. How many of you get up every day and say, Yes, I'm dying? But you know what the truth is? The truth is that the moment you were physically born on this earth, every moment that ticked is heading towards your exit. Now, some of us are closer to that exit than others if natural process takes place. See, <clears throat> I, 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 you, you may be um, without one of your pastors next week if uh, something happens out there on 280. but I'm talking about if natural process takes place. Some of us are a lot closer than others of us in this room to an exit. but the moment you were born, that clock started ticking towards your exit out of here to your eternal existence. You're going to exist forever. And if you're in Christ without all the limitations and pains uh, that you have to experience in this body. But even though our outward man is perishing, and look, don't get me wrong, you ought to do everything you can do to delay that. Start moving if you're not moving, move. Make food your friend not working against you do everything you can do to 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 live your journey as far as your parts concerned in in and stay here as long as you can to finish the mission God's given you but understand that this body is perishing and uh, you know Sharon gave me a great idea today for about half a second, she said, "When she got under the hair dryer, she heard from God." Well, that ain't gonna do me any good, Scott, or nor you either. <laughs> oh Lord! I told our men's Bible study this week, Jeff. <laughs> you know, uh, you know how you you know something way down deep, but. <laughs> Something happens to make you really go, really know it, and it just brings it to the surface. You've known it a long time, but you really come to grips with it when it comes to the surface. Well, I had one of those uh, moments the other day. I told a man this week. I had revelation of something I've known a long time, and it's this I'm not cool. I don't dress cool, I don't talk cool, I don't act cool. I look at the TV preachers, I'm not cool. I had to deal with it. Here's what we need to deal with. This outward man is perishing, but the inward man, the real you, is being renewed day by day. So here's my question, and this is what we're going to spend the next very brief time doing. How do I cooperate with being renewed day by day? You're getting newer and better every day in your inner man. That ought to bless you right there. So how, how do I cooperate with that inner man in me. Uh, on the back of your outline from last week, I've got, uh, you need to remember two C's. It's very simple. Number one, cleans your, clean your lens. And number two, change your channels. Let's look there in verse uh, 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Wow. Wow. The word affliction is phlipsis in the Greek. It means intense pressure. Paul says our light affliction. Now, if you go back in verses 8 through 10, does it sound light to you? He calls it light. Well, in regards to glory, that is the heaviness of what God is doing in and through your circumstances for his own glory, it's light in comparison For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that is, it may last a month or a year or years, but compared to your unending life, it's it's momentary. Uh, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and the eternal weight a heaviness of the glory of god the ability to know and walk in and reflect the manifestation of the very character of god your problems your adversities your issues what you're going through today In the light of what God is trying to do, God uses what he doesn't initiate and understand that he's always transforming you into his image and likeness and he is building a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory working that in you in this affliction that you're in. As long as, see there's a qualifier there in verse 18, while As long as we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Wow, so God, how do I begin to see that where I am today, that something's working on my behalf, because uh, I've got a wonderful opportunity here for uh, a stronger revelation of the glory of God, the manifestation of Jesus in me, which is the only reason I'm still here, being transformed into His image and likeness. How is it that that's going to work for me? What is my part? Well, we got to daily renew our true spiritual inner man by telling ourselves the truth. If in my physical body death is occurring moment by moment, but life is also at work in me by the presence of the Holy Spirit as a believer in Jesus Christ. How do I how do I cooperate with that work that God is doing? Clean the lens. We were um, driving down the road the other day, and uh, the pigmentation of my eyes are such that uh, I just can't do light. Very sensitive to light, so um, I uh, wear some pretty nice uh, glasses there to deflect all the uh, the glare, etc. And I told Dina, I said something is not right. Everything is blurry. I'm not seeing right. I took them off, I handed them to her. She looked up into the light and she said, no wonder, the lens are covered. I don't see how you see anything out of there. Sure enough, in about 15 seconds, the lenses got wiped and clear and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I can see. It's a miracle. Do you know, it's that way in our walk with Jesus. We cooperate with the Lord in His renewing work by cleaning the lens. That is, you have a way you see things. You you have a lens by which you see all the information that comes into you. Oh, your son called, your daughter called. Oh, wait a minute, how do you view the news? Oh, the doctor just told you something. Okay, how do you view the new? You see, you have an internal lens that affects the external view of how you see things. So what does your internal lens look like? Um, the Lord reminded me of something this week, and uh, that is, uh, turn quickly with me to Hebrews 4. I want to show you this. The Word of God, remember now that in your physical body you are undergoing decay, just the way it is. But your inner man is being renewed day by day in Jesus. And I want you to, uh, to notice something here in chapter 4, verse 12, about God's Word. The Word of God, verse 12, chapter 4 of Hebrews The Word of God is alive, it is living, it has life in it, and it is full of power, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents, the motives of the heart. The Word of God is full of what? Life and power. It has living energy in it because the Word of God can't be separated from the character of God. Jesus said it like this in in, uh, John 6, 63. The words that I speak to you, they, the words, are spirit and they are life. So what happens to me is when the lens of how I view things in my inner man gets smudged, it is all usually going back to the fact that I'm not telling myself the truth. I am not operating, I'm not viewing those things through the view of what God says. The Word of God. The Word of God connects with the life of God on the inside of you. I love 2 Corinthians 5.17 <laughs> if any person is in Christ He, she, is, is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Are you looking through the lens of being in Christ? Jesus said, look, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who ever lives and believes in me shall never die. That is the real you. And of course, you know the verse that changed this ministry almost 30 years ago. If you abide in my word, then you will know the truth. If you abide, if you stay connected to my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, if I want to cooperate with what the Lord is doing, the renewal of my inner man day by day, if I want to cooperate with that, I've got to make sure that the lens through which I'm looking is clean by the Word of God. You say, Pastor, it's just hard for me to sit down and read. Well, turn on the reading of the Word. Listen to it being read. Well, it's just, well, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities for you to have exposure to the Word of God. It's important for you to hear that Word coming in, but it's even more important for you to hear that Word going out of your own mouth. Yeah. Okay, and last, you've got to change the lens, but you've also got to change the channels. Uh, how many of you can remember with me, and this is going to date us, How many of you can remember when you had to manually turn a dial to change the station on your TV set? Well, we live in a digital world now, don't we? And, uh, you know, things have changed and you press buttons and and all that, but you still got to change the channel, whether you do it manually or whether you do it with a remote or uh, technology or whatever you do. Here's the thing. If you really want to start connecting with not losing heart, you not only got to clear the lens, you've got to change the channel. And that is, got to change what you're listening to. Turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to show you something really, really exciting. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 2, as it is written, eye has not seen, nor his ear heard, neither has entered the heart of man, listen, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, believers, have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Did you know that the witness of God's Spirit Himself is on the inside of you, if you've trusted Christ as your Lord, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, and He would love to disclose to you, what does it go back up? The things God has prepared for you. I didn't make this up, look at it again. The things which God has prepared for those who love Him, God has revealed them through His Spirit. He's not trying to keep it a secret. He reveals them by His Spirit. But my problem is learning to listen. Here's the deal, because I don't know about you, but when I become um, consciously awake, remember, I live in a body, and I got a brain, and my brain starts uh, sending me messages. Well, I wonder what's uh, going to happen today. I wonder what the weather's like. I wonder who beat who last night. Uh, I wonder what's going on out there. Right? I mean, that's just messages coming in. It's not sin. It's just messages coming in through your outward receptacle of your brain. What I found, though, is the more I get distracted and the more I chase those rabbits down those trails, the less apt I am to really listen to what the Spirit of God would love to say to me today. It takes me longer to get my attention back, to get quiet before God and say, Lord, what are you saying today? And see, if I miss that, (sighs) then things don't go so well. I start getting confused. Fear creeps in. Confusion. Am I the only one? I'm up here confessing now, some of y'all know, listen. Get the channel turned. How do you do that, Pastor? Begin to give the Lord thanksgiving and praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and then come on into his courts with praise. Begin to just willfully thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a pain-free night. Thank you that I get to see and hear all the sights of another day created by you. This is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And then, Lord, I want to let you know something. I want to give you praise and honor and thanksgiving that you have forgiven all my iniquities and healed all my diseases. You redeemed my life from destruction and crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. You actually satisfy my life with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. You see where I'm going with this? You've got to turn the channel. When you turn the channel, you change the atmosphere in your inner man. And do you know that when you go about your daily life and responsibility at work or wherever you are, do you know you can change the atmosphere by the words of your mouth? You can. You can speak life into the atmosphere of wherever you are. It's not up to you how people receive what you say. It is up to you to speak the truth in love. Stop the noise. Don't get up and immediately look to the outside for information on how things are going. Look on the inside to the voice of God and learn to listen to his spirit's voice. He speaks to you in words. And I close with this out of John. Chapter 17, boy, I mean chapter 16, this is powerful. Jesus promised that when the Holy Spirit would come, listen to this. In chapter 16, verses 13 and following, He says, When the Spirit of truth has come, He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, listen, whatever the Holy Spirit hears, He will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus talking. He will glorify Jesus. He will take what belongs to Jesus and disclose and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. And therefore I said that he will take what is mine and disclose and declare it to you wow I don't know about you but I need to hear what Jesus has been given by the father and he has decided to give to me learn to listen to the spirit's voice through words sometimes it's prompting sometimes it's it's uh, urges and, and impressions in that you know don't come from the flesh they come from the Spirit of God he will give you discernment and and uh, you know directions that you don't know how you got them they're just on the inside of you um the spirit change the channel begin to listen to the holy spirit if you want to cooperate with what god is doing that is though your outer man is decaying your inner man is being renewed day by day clean your lens have intake of the truth. And change your channel. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And be conscious about it. Well, pastor, is this just going to happen? Am I going to be laying there and God's going to zeal me new? No. This takes discipline and choice. Look, discipline and choice is not a bad word. It's not an unspiritual word. Uh, it is learning to listen to the voice of God. Well, what a beautiful thing not to lose hope, amen? Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate the greatest event in human history. We're going to celebrate the greatest power that has never diminished. We're going to look at the game changer of the resurrection of Jesus. And what a time of celebration! What And I want you to come next Sunday ready to celebrate that which is the greatest thing going in your life, the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Let's all stand. I thank you for being here today. Kylie, we're glad to have you back there with Tony. So glad that you came today. Father, thank you for the power to persevere that is given by the Spirit of God. We thank you, Father, that despite the fact that there's indwelling sin, its power's been broken by the cross. And that you see us in your Son with every advantage we need to succeed. We pray, God, that you give us greater revelation this week of the power of the resurrection of our Lord, that we may live in the light moment by moment of the resurrected Jesus. Now Father, bless all of these that you have brought under the sound of your servant's voice. Minister to them. Lord, bless them. I ask you to bless them, Father, with revelation of you, with greater resources to make a difference, to bless those, Father, that you have decided to bless through them. May we as a church body, Lord, grow more and more in love with you. May we cooperate with the transforming work of the Spirit of God into the image of Jesus. We ask that in His name. Amen. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.